Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to another episode of South Point Online. I'm so glad you guys are with us, hanging out with us, and uh, just watching this content. Um, we are in the, in the series, and we're looking at the book of James, and we've just been going basically, you know, chapter by chapter. Uh, we did spend two weeks on chapter one, but anyway, now we're rolling into this thing, and we're looking at this really cool book, the book of James. And in fact, I gave everybody the challenge to read one chapter of James each week, but you would read it every day. So the first week, read chapter one, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then the second week, you know, chapter two each day in different translations. And hopefully, hopefully you're going to get something out of that. Hopefully the Lord is going to speak to you through that. And you're going to see some things um, about yourself or maybe the world you live in. And if you don't even like reading, hey, here's what we're doing as a staff, as a team. We're reading these chapters of James on social media, on YouTube, and we're doing all the different translations, so you can just pick one, and we'll read it to you. How cool is that? So hopefully, again, you're taking a part of this challenge, and you're learning some stuff about the book of James. Now, the book of James was written by, yeah, you guessed it, <laughs> James, right? And James is the half-brother of Jesus. And I really, I say half-brother because, obviously, Jesus had a different father, Heavenly Father, and James had Joseph earthly father, but they had the same mother, Mary. You get it. Anyway, the point is, I think James actually following Jesus as his Lord and Savior, show it just shows and proves his divinity. Because let's be honest, the last person that would believe in somebody would be their sibling, right? The person that grew up with you in the house that saw you behind the scenes and how you were when you were 10 years old, 12 years old. I mean, think about that. That's crazy. And James believed in Jesus, followed Jesus, obviously, and, and wrote this amazing book in the Bible that is so practical and really helps us take these, these steps in our culture being a follower of Christ. And James actually talks, and that's what we're going to talk about today, he talks about our mouth and our words, our tongue, more that he has the longest discourse in the entire Bible on our tongue and our words and the power of our words. And I really think James did this honestly because Jesus, I think James saw the power of Jesus's words and his teachings and realized and learned through that, that the power of life and death really is in our words and our tongues. So I hope you are ready to learn some stuff today and the power of our words. Wow. Either positive or negative. So here we go. Um, the notes, you can download the notes on the screen. There'll be a link. Um, the notes will also be on the screen for you as we go along. So here we go. James chapter 3, verse 1, right at the beginning of chapter 3, he says this. He says, not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness, for we all stumble in many ways. And if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. Okay, Wow, we got we got to pause here for a second. J James is saying that if you can control your tongue, if you control your words, you can actually control your entire life, your entire body. Holy cow, that is like wow, right? I mean, just think about it. If you don't like the direction you're going, change what's what's leading you. Man, it's amazing. So he tells us three things about the tongue. And so let's look at these and break these down. Here's the first one, and you can you can write this down if you want to in your blanks there. Um, download the notes. Here's the first one. The tongue is disproportionately powerful. The tongue is disproportionately 
powerful. Um, the next verse, James 3, 3, says this. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs them. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. The tongue, just to say the tongue is powerful. Okay, yeah, that's true, all right? But the deeper truth to that is the tongue is disproportionately powerful. It's such a small thing, yet it can control such a large thing. I mean, think about the horse's, the, the bit in the horse's mouth. You have this horse that's like, I don't know how much a horse weighs, what, like 1,500 pounds or something like that, but you have this powerful beast that can not only pull a bunch of stuff, pull a bunch of weight, it can carry a person, it can also pull a payload, um, it can run fast, it can do all these things. It's a powerful creature, yet its direction, its will can be altered and changed by a simple bit in its mouth. Just by the, the, the smallness of its mouth, you can control this entire thing. I mean, so think about it this way. If you don't like the direction your life is going, if you don't like the path you're on, if you don't like what's happening in your life, change what comes out of your mouth and it will change the direction of your life. Okay, so think about it this way. Um, you have to do the words before the action happens. You might say, yeah, but I have my life is going this direction. I don't like how it's going. I don't like the direction it's going. However, so my words are matching that. Okay, the horse doesn't turn, and then the bit pulls it that direction. No, no. Remember, the bit pulls first. That pulls first, and then the direction of the horse changes. So change your words and the direction of your life will change. All right. So and then and then he moves on to the rudder. Right. He talks about the tongue, and then he's uh, the bit in the horse's mouth, and then the rudder. And for a long time, I used to think James was just um, like kind of repeating himself. You know, like hey, here's another thing. But that's not the case at all. He's actually peeling back another layer of this this onion, if you will, to show us a, yet another direction of the of the mouth and the words. He says the rudder. This small thing, it doesn't matter how big the ship is, it doesn't matter how small the ship is, all right? The ship is going to go in the direction that the captain desires, and it's made possible by the rudder that's in his hand. So the direction of the ship is determined by the captain every single time, yet it's only made possible by the rudder. Um, I don't know if you watch this show, I, I kind of like this show, um, Deadliest Catch, the show Deadliest Catch. It's on the Discovery Channel, and uh, it's about these uh, crabbing ships, these, these ships that go out and, and catch king crab and blue crab, and they fish up in the Bering Sea, the Bering Straits. And if you don't know where that is, that's up there by Alaska in Russia, where they come together. Um, and so these, these large vessels are in these massive waves. And sometimes when a storm comes, these storms come, and you just see these 20, 30, 40-foot waves and these, these ships, and they tell them on the, on, the, on the show, they explain that they, don't, they, don't, they never run parallel to the waves in the storm because the wave is so large, if it's running parallel, it'll push the boat and capsize it 
and turn it over. So the captain knows that the only way to survive in these storms is to turn the ship using the rudder, turning the ship directly into those waves. And these, these massive waves, these ships will go all the way up into them and then just come right back over them and never capsize. And they survive and they get to where they want to go. And it's just another day on the Bering Sea. And listen, storms of life are going to come, right? Some of you might be in a storm of life right now. And some, some people, I almost said crazy people, let me not say that, but some people think, well, if I'm a Christian, then there'll be no storms of life. I won't have a storm of life if I'm a Christian. Everything will just be rainbows and unicorns and everybody will just be happy with gumdrops everywhere. Just, well... Because that's what daddy used to say. Now, okay, and, and they think that if they're a Christian, storms of life won't come. Listen, the difference is not in the storm. The difference is in the direction you turn in the storm. Let me, let me say that again. The difference is not in the storm. The Bible tells us that it's going to rain on the just and the unjust alike. It, every, we all have storms. The difference is not in the storms whether you're a Christian or not. That's got nothing to do with anything. The difference is, in the storm, which direction do you turn? Does your mouth, does the rudder of your life turn you in a way that you're, you're trepidatious about the storm? You're like, oh my gosh, God is, God is striking me. God is doing this. God is horrible. God, uh, you know, and, you're, and we're turning our life sideways to get away from it. And we don't understand why our life is turned upside down and we don't survive the storm of life because we've turned the wrong way. But when we know and believe that we have the hope of Jesus Christ, that we have the promises of God that we can stand on, that, that even though the storms come, we use our mouth to turn our life, to declare the promises and the good things of God. We can declare that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. We can declare that God will do all, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We can declare that all other ground is sinking sand, but I am standing on a sure foundation of Jesus Christ, and he will see me through this storm. The difference is not in the storm. The difference is in the direction you turn in the storm. Okay, so he talks about the horse's bit in his mouth. We talk about the rudder. And then he says um, that the tongue is a, it's, it's this fire, right? He said in that verse that we just read that it's a, it, it'll set a forest fire. And how many know that that is true? Our tongue, oh my gosh, our tongue can can light things ablaze real quick, right? Our tongue has the power to be doing fine, and then all of a sudden, it can burn up a relationship that's been lasting for years, maybe for decades. And we say things, and they come out of our mouth, and we say, oh, we think, I wish I wouldn't have said that. I wish I wouldn't have posted that, because those simple little words have burned down stuff. And that And that really brings us to our overarching second Thing. The first one was disproportional power of the tongue. And then the second thing is the tongue is inherently evil. Our tongue is just, it's, it's not good. Its default setting is pretty evil. James 3.6 says this, The tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. It is a restless, evil, full of deadly poison. He, he doesn't speak very highly of the tongue, right? And the default setting on our tongue is evil. And if you don't think that, if you don't believe that, then let me have you rewind to middle school. Do you remember middle school? 
How many know those are some vicious people right there in middle school? You have this group, this age group of people that are, um, they're all at different, uh, they're, they're all at different developmental stages, right? And so everybody's awkward. And to make up for that awkwardness, they, they lash out with their words and their tongues to tear everybody else down to try and defend themselves, right? And so I was always the skinny kid. I was always the skinny kid. I got flamed. I got blasted. I got checked, whatever you want to say, for being the skinny kid. I mean, I've heard every skinny joke under the sun. There, I guarantee there's not a new skinny joke out there that I have not heard or written myself. And back in the day, that was, okay, so this is how old I am, but back in the 70s when it was middle school and, and that, I think middle school. Anyway, in the 70s, they had these jeans that we would wear and they were called tough skins. Now, nowadays, you don't even know what I'm talking about, but some of you out there understand this. So we had tough skin jeans and they were great for kids. And, but the problem with them was on the back, on the, on the waistband, they had the size like Levi's do now, you know, you have uh, waist 32 or waist 64 and height 22 or whatever. Okay. And so, but the tough skins had a size, their classification for size was husky, normal, slim. I bet you can guess which one I always was stamped with. You know, it was like slim. My goal, I had a friend in school and his was husky. He was husky. I wanted to be husky my whole life. Never been husky. And now I'm older and I'm glad I'm still slim and other people are husky. So that's great. But words, they're just vicious. It is a default setting that is just not good. Here's the third thing. So the first one was, do you remember what the first one was? Disproportionately powerful, right? And the second one was the tongue is inherently evil. It's got a default setting for evil. Here's the third one. The tongue is humanly untamable. The tongue is humanly untamable. Check this out. James 3, for every kind of beast and bird of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. So we have the power to tame, right, other animals, to tame domesticated animals, to tame wild animals. We, we've done this and we've tamed all kinds of animals. But the Bible's telling us, James is telling us, listen, this little member in our mouth is un tameable by us. We can't do it. And so that might make us think, oh, okay, then why are we even trying? Why are we even talking about this? Because it also goes on to say, nothing is impossible with God. With God, God can tame even our tongue if we'll work with him and allow him the opportunity to work on our tongue as we give that to him. And, and taming anything, even with God, taming anything is a process, right? Nothing, you tame a dog, you tame whatever. No, it's, it's a process. It's not like overnight all of a sudden. So you might be working on your tongue, working on your words, you're working with God, you're praying about it, you're saying, come on, Holy Spirit, help me. And, and you have one week, two weeks, maybe four weeks, maybe a, a whole month and a half, two months, where you haven't said anything bad or degrading or rude, and then something happens, right? The environment gets just right, and all of a sudden you're just like, Rawr, right? You just tear, you verbally tear somebody's face off. It's like that. I, I know you've seen news stories about this or whatever, where somebody there'll be a lion tamer or a, a tamer a trainer for one of those killer whales, like at SeaWorld or whatever, and they're with them all the time, and they've tamed them, and they're domesticated, and they're so sweet, and all that stuff, and that tiger looks so soft and fluffy, and then all of a sudden, the trainer, the tamer, who, right? 
lets their guard down for one second and they turn around it's just like mm, your face is gone gone it's just gone and we do that verbally we work on it and then something happens and we let our guard down and just one one sentence comes out of our mouth and just takes the face off the person in front of us and we verbally do that but it's a process and we have to let God continually work in us and through us um, in Exodus, God is talking to Moses. And Moses, Moses, old dude in the Old Testament, Ten Commandments, all that stuff. And Moses had a problem with his speech, with talking. And look at what God says. God sends him, and I think this is just an encouraging word for us. Exodus chapter 4, verse 11 says this. Then the Lord said to Moses, Who has made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now, therefore, go and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall speak. Listen, if we'll give God the opportunity, he will not only be with us, he'll be with our mouth. And how many know you and I need that? We need God to step in and be with our mouth because our mouth can turn our lives, can turn our ships. How about this? If we can get a handle on our mouth, if we can let God get a handle on our mouth, our families will be more full of love. Our, our work will just be better. Our life will go better. Because remember, whichever direction our mouth goes, it's what leads the rest of us. So how about, how about today? How about this week we just adopt a new prayer? As we're going through James, how about we together adopt this new prayer where we just say, Holy Spirit, today will you guide my mouth? Today, will you convict me of those things that are getting ready to come out of my mouth? Help me to stop the negative things. Help me to stop the ugly things. Help me to stop the cussing. Help me to stop just talking down to other people before it comes out of my mouth. Holy Spirit, help me see these things in my life and let a change begin. Begin taming my tongue, Lord. Wouldn't that be an amazing prayer? Let's do that. Let's... let's Make this our prayer today. Because this tongue that's in our mouth that James warns us about and tells us about how are we going to live a Christian life in a post-Christian culture, the first place is to stop talking like everybody else. Just because it's rampant everywhere doesn't mean it should come out of our mouths as a follower of Jesus Christ. We're supposed to be different. The tongue is disproportionately powerful. It is inherently evil. It is humanly un tameable, but with God, all things are possible. So can I pray for you right now? Will you just take a minute and bow your head and close your eyes and allow me to pray for you? And maybe you make this your prayer as well. Maybe, maybe this is the opportunity where you've never even accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. You haven't invited him in, and you're wondering why your mouth is going crazy. Because listen, you can't tame what's going on right here, but he can and he wants to start in your soul. He wants to remove the sins and, and the issues that you have going on. And then he wants that goodness to bubble out of you and come out of your mouth, not the evilness anymore. So it's super easy. Let me just pray for you. And if that's you, whatever it is, whether it's in the comment box or the button there that you raised your hand, just say, yes, today I want to make a life commitment to follow Jesus Christ because I want my life to be changed. I love him. I recognize what he's done for me. And I know that now good things will begin coming out of me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for these amazing people that are right now saying, that's me. That's me. 
I need my life transformed. I mean, I need my life changed. I need my sins forgiven. I'm recognizing that I cannot do this on my own, and I want to make him the Lord of my life. So, Father, right now, as you said in Romans chapter 10, 9 and 10, that if we would believe in our heart that you died on the cross and came back to life, and if we confessed with our mouth, there we are again with the mouth, if we confess with our mouth that you are our Lord and Savior, that we would be saved. And so, Father, now from their belief and their confession, save them, change them. And now, Father, as you've forgiven their sins, if you set them free, I just ask that the goodness will bubble out of them. And all of us here, all of us listening today, will begin allowing you to change our, our tongue, allow you to change our words, and so that blessings will begin coming out of our mouths, no longer the cursings. Lord, we lean into you with everything we have, and we love you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You guys have a great day. Love you.